Hi listeners, before we begin, I'd like to let you know that this episode was recorded a few weeks in advance, so if anything has come out, we apologize. Also, I was still in a different location, so if my sound quality sounds off, I apologize. Good afternoon, gentle listeners, and welcome to Friends on Film, a Flying Phoenix production. This week, Teddy and Michael gather up their gargantuan expectations and ecstatically elaborate on their excitement. Yes, it's time for the most anticipated movies of the year. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this auditory experience. Hello and welcome to Friends on Film, the movie podcast where two friends sit and discuss movies. I'm Michael, and joining me today is the totally tenacious Teddy. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I feel like I haven't seen you in so long. It's been so long. Like, it's been several weeks. It's been just incredible. Like, man. I mean, I know you had that jungle safari. I know you had to go through Narnia, met Mr. (laughs) Toughness, and then... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, having conquered the Xenomorph Queen, like, wow, that was, uh, th- I mean, you've been so busy. I've just been in here drinking water, talking to myself. For those of you who don't know at home, uh, it's been a total of five minutes since our last episode. Yeah, I I put you, some of you know, because I put the disclaimer right beforehand, but we will, but yeah, we are uh, getting through this. So by the time this episode comes out, some of the movies are probably already out. So hopefully we will like them, but we'll just say right now, uh, just for future reference, um, <clears throat> I like this movie. I do not like this movie. So either one works now. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, let's get right into it. Absolutely. But before we get into today's topic, be sure to follow us on Instagram at friendsonfilm underscore 2023 for more fun stuff and behind the scenes work. And you can follow us at Living the Dream Catch Me All Underscored and Michael Didn't Believe in Insta. And if you like what you hear, then do a friend a favor and share it with them. So with all that down, Michael, you know the book Great Expectations. Never read it. Oh, you definitely should. I love the title. Today we talk about our great ex- expectations for the year as we discuss our most anticipated movies of the year. Dun dun dun. Fossils. Dun, dun, dun. I've been watching a little too much Penny Sinferb lately. Oh my god, I know. It's on Netflix now. Mm. Top tier. Love it. You mean Disney Plus? Yes, bro. I've been watching too much stuff on uh, so many different streaming services. It's not even funny. But yes, Disney Plus. They're also coming out with a 30 episode Phineas, like new Phineas and Ferb episodes. So So Exactly. I think it's like two seasons that they're splitting the 30 episodes up between, which I am I think it's so 40 episodes. For. I don't know what's coming out, though. 40? Interesting. Yes. But yes, let's drum right on into it. What is your first movie that you are most anticipating this year? Um, I don't really have, like, a most anticipated one. Actually, no, that's, that is a big lie. Um, I am most anticipating Fast and the Furious 10. Oh, do tell. Not only, exactly, okay, not only do we get Brian back, the character for Brian back, which I don't think I am emotionally or mentally prepared for, 
I really don't think I am. I don't think I can do it. But I'm going to go sit in that seat opening night, and I'm going to have a box of tissues with me, and I will just deal with it, okay? It'll be great. I'm probably going to go alone. I'll be sitting I, right beside you I like, I have no clue what's like going on, but they're racing. <laughs> no. It is so much more than that. Honestly, though, Michael, you would hate the movie, specifically <laughs> Nine. Because even me, a diehard fan for Fast and Furious, was skeptical and didn't really like Nine. Okay. I will admit, I think they crammed way too much into Nine. But I will say I did like it because they even said, like, to themselves out loud as their characters, man, we really have done a lot of shit. And then they made fun of themselves for it. So it's just, it, it was really well done. It was just like, damn. Okay, like, they're really doing that. Heard. I also have, a tat, like, a tattoo on my thigh of Fast and Furious. So let me just, like, entail how obsessed I am with this series. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I am super excited. Um, It's going to be very interesting because, like I said, Nine, they try to put so much into us, um, into the audience, so much information, especially bringing Han back. Oh, my goodness. I just, my mind was blown. I'm sorry if you haven't seen the movie yet, didn't know that spoiler. That's on you. It's been two years. Anyway, well, probably a year, actually. No, two years. I don't know. One of the two. But you should have seen it by now. So, my bad. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they, they bring back one of my favorite characters. And so how they're going to explain that. Um, also, the fact that it's the last movie. They've confirmed. Like, it was always up in the air whether they wanted to do 10 movies or 12 movies. But they decided that, you know, they're stopping it at 10. 10 will be the end. 10 and, and a part I've been two. seeing all the... What? And a did, part two? Did you not hear this movie's being split into two parts? I did not! I just made your day, didn't I? No, you didn't. You made it worse because that means there's a cliffhanger, and I don't want that either. Oh, God. Huh. Oh, dang it. I was not prepared for that. Well, anyway, they keep, like, posting teasers because the trailer doesn't come out until I think February 10th so Vin Diesel Ludacris all of them they keep posting all these teasers and it's like a combination it's the same one it's like a combination of all like these little clips from all nine of the movies so far and then at the end it says something along the lines of um it was all a dream or, like, this is the end. Like, this is the beginning of the end. And I'm like, y'all better not. Because me, as a screenwriter, I'm like, that would be such an amazing twist. Especially with how crazy the last couple movies have gotten. For them to just do all of this and then at the very end be like, it was a dream. And take it back to, like, one of the first couple movies. I think... If they were to do that, they'd take it back to probably six, six or seven, and be like, all everything that happened after this was a dream. Because they've already done that in the series between Tokyo Drift, which was uh, the third movie, and everything that happened in the third movie with Tokyo Drift, the second movie, the fourth, the fifth movie, like all of that was just a complete 180. They just took it and was like, we're just going to skirt that. And make all of this make sense. So it wouldn't... I wouldn't doubt it if they just all of a sudden were like... Yeah, so uh, twirling our thumbs. Uh, it was all a dream. Everything you've just watched didn't actually happen. 
Because it, it would make so much sense in my brain, but I also don't want them to do that, you know? So I'm kind of like, I'm on the edge of my seat. If it was I all don't a dream, what would that mean for like, somebody like Paul Walker's character? Does that mean all the emotions and everything we felt was never there or never real? I, I don't know. It depends when they would put the dream. Like I said, if they do it after seven, that would be the most logical because that was when they said goodbye to Paul Walker's character. And in eight, I don't think, yeah, eight and nine, they didn't have his character in it at all. But in 10, his character comes back. So it could be the, they could imply theoretically that everything like in eight, nine, and 10 is all a dream, which would make sense. It would make sense on a lot of degrees because in nine, they go out into space. Like, I think in 10, they show they go out into space, too. In 8, there's a lot of crazy stunts that just don't logically make human sense. Unless they are going to bring up the idea that Vin Diesel's character or The Rock's character is an alien. Honestly, they don't make sense. Like, the human body cannot physically do that. And it's got to the point where, like, so many people criticize the series because it's just not believable. None of the stunts are believable anymore. But there's also, oh, excuse me, the other side of the franchise that's like, you know, we go to see these movies to just to see what they can get away with, just to see what they, like, can think of, you know? And so, like, I can understand on that side. But if they do it in, like, probably, like, five or six, it would be a little bit harder to kind of portray that it was a dream. Unless they want to, like you said, pretend that, Paul Walker never died. Pretend that the whole seventh movie doesn't even exist, which would be a true, true error and mistake on their part because the seventh movie was so beautifully shot. I think it was one of my favorite movies. That and Tokyo Drift are probably my two favorite movies of the whole series. It's just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautifully, beautifully shot movie. And of course, Tokyo Drift, because Han's my favorite character, but that's irrelevant. Brian was also my favorite character, and then he died, and I was like, and then Tyrone, and like, now he's just a crackhead. Then it was ludicrous. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. I can see myself going off topic. <laughs> anyway, I'm really excited about Fast 10. That's completely fair. Continue. Coming from <laughs> Continue me, I have like so many movies, so I'm going to quickly say my honorable mentions, and then um, some of my honorable mentions, and then my first one. Because so many great movies are coming out this year that look great. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Creed 3, Shazam, um, Inside with Willem Dafoe, Super Mario Brothers, Bo is Afraid looks really good. But for my money, the movie that I'm really anticipating, one of the movies I'm really anticipating this year, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The Guardians, the two Guardians movies are some, are some of, if not my favorite parts of the MCU. They are so great. James Gunn's writing and direction on them have been perfect. And this movie almost didn't happen because Disney fired James Gunn. And then the cast said, well, we aren't going to do a third movie without him. And then Disney brought him back on. But by that point, DC had hired him. So he is doing this and he's working with DC now on so many things. And so for Guardians Volume 3, just from the trailer, it looks like it's not just going to be a fun ride but emotional as well. And like his last movie, someone is going to die. 
if not a few of them, are probably going to die. And I think that is just the perfect way to end this story about family and living through tragedy. I understand, I know you disagree with me so much on this, but this is... I have so much beef. But this is a story I'm really looking forward to. I'm very excited to see how James Gunn ends this trilogy. And the introduction of villains like Adam Warlock is exciting. All the characters within this movie look great. And of course, it's going to be a fun ride. And I'm very excited to see what they deliver with this movie. And overall, it's a, it's also James Gunn saying goodbye to a franchise that he really helped uh, elevate in what they could and couldn't do. So for my money, I'm so excited for Guardians Volume 3. I am ready to cry and laugh at the same time oh. in this. I, that's another one. I just, we have so much beef, okay? Because in the first movie, I cried in the beginning. In the second movie, I cried at the end. Like, I know I cry at every movie, but come on. Give me some, cut me some slack here. Damn. I really, oh. I'm going to go see it because I'm going to have to go see it for the, like, Marvel franchise as a whole, especially with Phase 4. I just, oh, I really don't want to. I really, I'm going to walk into that movie dragging my feet. I'm not, and I'm not going to spoil anything, because I've learned with Marvel movies, I can't watch the trailers, because, especially as a screenwriter, I already can piece together what they're doing and where they're taking a movie because of the trailers. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to read any theories, because that's what ruined Spider-Man No Way Home for me. It literally ruined the whole movie, and I was so mad because I read all of the theories, and all the theories were pretty accurate, and I'm so mad. I didn't get the full effect of the movie, so I'm not going to read any theories about anything. I'm just going to go in as a blank slate. And And that's probably going to hurt you all the more. I know! I'm going to cry. I'm not ready for this. Not at all. But when when does that come out? How long do I have? It's coming out in May. Oh, my birth month, too? Gosh darn it. It's my birth month, too. We're both going to go through an emotional experience together. Oh, God. Friends on film. We de- we go through pain together. Apparently, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. That will not be the tagline. I refuse. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But on a much happier note, okay, another movie coming out this year is Murder Mystery 2 which is a Adam Sandler film with Jennifer Aniston. And I am super excited because I think it came out originally on Netflix, the first one. I thought it was hilarious. I watched it in the backseat of a car with <coughs> my ex-boyfriend at the time. Yes, I coughed on purpose because um, he's nasty. Anyway, um, and we had so many inside jokes of, with that movie because it was one of those movies that – there were so many funny moments that were perfectly paused to make sure that it was a funny moment and to make sure that it hit perfectly, that it was just, it was a phenomenal movie. I thought it was hilarious. It was kind of like a Knives Out sort of vibe, like Knives Out, Murder on the Orient Express, but Adam Sandler style. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie. It was funny. It was suspenseful. It kept you guessing the whole time to figure out who 
killed the person and it was just I love it the fact that they're coming out with the second one makes my heart happy and I'm super excited for it it does sound fun I haven't seen the first murder mystery and yes I'm going to see it um yes, I, you um, will. I I love Adam Sandler and I love murder mystery so that does sound fun uh for my next one there are so many things and I really want to delve into the world of animation because animation is going to be something interesting this year. Because you have Pixar's Elemental. You have Seth Rogen with the with the people involved with Mitchell's versus the Machines doing a TMNT movie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You have Disney coming out with their movie Wish. Which is about the wishing star that they talk about in every single one of their movies. But I don't think I could call myself a true animation fan if I didn't say Across the Spider-Verse is my most anticipated animated movie coming out oh, this yeah. year. I mean, the first mm-hmm. one has changed the world for the better. I mean, Puss in Boots 2 was fantastic, and it took so much inspiration from that movie. And Into the Spider-Verse changed the landscape for animation in so many beautiful ways. And I've seen it so many times. And then for Across the Spider-Verse... They're bringing everyone. And I got excited when I watched the first trailer, and it, and it shows Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, the screen glitches for a second, part one. Like, what, the, what is the yeah. story they're going to tell? And then the people they got involved uh-huh. to write and direct this movie, they got the man who, this is his film uh, feature film debut, but the director of this movie is the director of the ending of the Avatar The Last Airbender series. He directed the finale for mm. Justice League Unlimited. He direct he has directed oh. so much amazing animated television. And the fact that he mm. is coming in to direct this. They also got uh, the co-director of Soul to uh, co-write and co-direct this movie. And oh. so we have, and of course, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who produced and wrote the first movie. And they also wrote and directed the Lego movie and the Lego movie and and all they were involved in Mitchell's versus the Machines, and all these great movies. So we have Avatar the Last Airbender and Justice League, Soul, and the Lego movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, and Mitchell's versus the Machines, all coming together to work on this sequel. That includes every, which seems to include every animated Spider-Man we have seen thus far. Just oh. No Way Home may have had Toby and Toby and Andrew. But this one is going to have the best Spider-Man, Josh Keaton, returning from Spectacular Spider-Man. We have yeah. just everybody is here. This is, this, if it's going to make No Way Home look like tap water by comparison, possibly. And I say that as a huge fan of No Way Home. I am beyond excited for what this movie is going to do, what this movie is going to show, what they're going to do with it. So for me, I, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse just i cannot wait i'm seeing this with my brother opening night i am so excited mm-hmm. oh i love that kind of like piggybacking on to that i am super excited for peter pan and wendy it is directed by david lowry and i am so excited for that because i just i am a huge fan i've always loved peter pan and neverland and that whole story with tinkerbell and everything Especially in the Once Upon a Time version, I loved the twist that they gave to Peter Pan. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. I definitely recommend. But I've just always been in love with those movies. So the fact that they're going to bring it back and hook with Robin Williams, chef's kiss. Love, 
Love it. I haven't been able to watch it since he passed away. Um, but I will eventually, you know. It's going to happen. But, no, it's going to be coming out soon. I don't see here when exactly it's going to be coming out, but I'm super excited. Um, I will say I was not so looking yeah. forward to this movie until you said David Lowry is involved. Because David Lowry exactly. did... Because he did direct a live-action remake for Disney that was under that is criminally underrated with Pete's Dragon. And David yeah. Lowry is uh-huh. probably right now one of the most underrated directors working in Hollywood. Because he is yeah. everything he has touched has become an emotionally beautiful story. Like, uh-huh. if you guys have not seen a ghost story, you go into it, you see the poster, you think, oh, it's going to be a horror movie. And it's not. It's this really emotional, thought-provoking film. And then he took Pete's mm-hmm. Dragon and just made this also very sweet family movie that's just so wholesome and beautiful. And, oh yeah. my gosh, I love this. Love this man. And I was not looking forward to it until you, to Peter Pan, until you said he's involved, because I don't think there's anyone else right now. Well, I mean, there absolutely could be. But to hear that David Lowry is handling this story, I'm, mm-hmm. I am looking forward to that. That sounds really, really good. It's the fact that he's not only directing, but he's also screenwriting it. He, like, co-screenwrote it. So you already know that's going to be a good good movie. I think the other, other guy that screenwrote it with was Tommy... Let me see. Um, oh, it's Toby Hallbrooks. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. Okay. You know what? That just made me even more excited just to, like, find out who it was. I was like, ooh, okay. Heard that. Yeah. Well, coming in for me yes. next up is the director auteurs, because director auteurs or directors with a very distinct vision and style all have big movies coming out this year that seem really, really good. Heck, you have Wes Anderson coming out with Asteroid City. You have Taika Waititi coming out with Next Goal Wins. And, but for my money, these two coming out the very same day, Barbie and Oppenheimer. Barbie is being directed by Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. This woman, the director who directed Lady Bird and directed um, Little Women. And not only that, she is writing it with her partner, Noah Baumbach. Uh, Noah Baumbach is the writer and director of Marriage Story. He co-wrote Fantastic Mr. Fox. He himself is phenomenal. And the fact that they both together sat down and wrote a Barbie movie starring Margot Robbie got this stat cast and the trailer looks so, so good for it. I can't help but just get so excited. But this is also going to be a double feature day because we have Christopher Nolan coming out with Oppenheimer, a film about Robert J. Oppenheimer played by Killian Murphy, a.k.a. God's Gift to Humanity. And you have a stacked cast that includes Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Josh Peck, uh, Florence Pugh, Emily Blunt, uh, my favorite actor of all time, Gary Oldman. You have just this stacked cast of phenomenal actors telling this really powerful tale about the man who created the atom bomb and lived to regret it. And you see just everything about it. The trailers make it look so tense without having shown you anything. And it looks like it's a very dialogue-heavy movie. And I'm going to be one of those people. I thought Tenet was good. Don't at me. Tenet was great. And, well, it wasn't... I wouldn't say it's, like, great, great. It's a very flawed but very 
very fun movie. And um, mm-hmm. and Nolan is just one of those directors that I'm always going to be excited to see what he does. So to get this level of a cast involved to talk about such an important part in humanity and its story, just every sense of the word. We have this the same day of Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan doing this. I'm probably going to order a pink suit to go to the theater to watch this so I can watch both oh in the same goodness. day. So for me, <sighs> easily these two... Barbie and Oppenheimer, I'm so freaking excited for both of them. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that, honestly. I wish we could do more, like, actually, like, historically-based films. I think we should have a whole episode on those, because, like, just the amount of beauty and just, oh, my goodness, the characters and everything that, like, gets brought out... And it's all mostly true. It's amazing. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to think of the one that I'm specifically thinking of, but I can't think. I know it's called Hidden. I don't think it's called Hidden Women. It was the one about the women in NASA who got the Hidden first figures. Uh, rocket ship. What? Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Yes, thank you. I was either. It was something like that. That one was a phenomenal movie. And there's just so many movies that are coming out like that that I'm just kind of like, oh, hold up. Like, we should definitely do an episode on it like that just to really nail it. I just think it would be an amazing. That plus, I just love historical movies. Oh, my goodness. They're amazing. Like, uh, what was the one um, Harry Styles was in? It came out 2018, it must have. No, it must have been 2016. Oh, Dunkirk. 2017. Dunkirk, yep. Mm. That was also Christopher Nolan. That one was really good. Really? I should have known. Mm. Aye, aye, aye. I love that. That's amazing. What else I are you looking forward to this year? I am going to actually piggyback. Huh? What else are you looking forward to this year? I was about to say, I'm piggybacking off of your list because I see it on there and you haven't said it yet, so I'm going to say it for you. Dune Part 2. Mm. I did not know that was coming out this year, and I'm super excited. So finally, everyone can shut up about saying, oh, well, it felt like a prelog. I'm like, it is. It is. It's a freaking prequel. What are you doing? Like, it's why part are you one so of, a, of a two-part story. Exactly. And, like, even if I didn't know that it was a prequel, I still would have been absolutely in love with the movie just because it was so good. Like, everything from how they shot it, to the characters, to just, like, the way everything was set up. Oh, my God. It was just, it was beautiful. And don't even give me a story about Timothy. Ugh. And so, what I was going to say for Doom Part 2 was that I'm looking forward because the blockbusters are coming out in full swing. You have Indiana Jones, The Flash, Mission Impossible, The Marvels, Blue Beetle, Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes, Aquaman. But, and it's, all those are incredibly exciting. But Doom Part 2, it's Denis Villeneuve telling, I've read this book. I, I actually, for my senior year, we all had to write a giant book report on, like, the final book that we would read. And mine was on Dune. Uh, Dune has been one of my ooh. most anticipated movies of the year. And when I saw the first one, I took it, I took my sister to see it with me. And she hadn't read the book and she walked out and she said, you know, that might be one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. And it's a great thing. It is such a great story. I think almost everyone in it was phenomenal. There is only one casting choice I'm not a fan of in this movie. And 
Oh. You're not going to like it. I, oh, no. I think Timothy it? Chalamet is not the right choice for Paul. <laughs> I am not saying that this man is not a great actor. I think he's incredibly talented. But even in the movie, they describe it as that Paul is this leader that is meant to be both physically and mentally strong. I think Shyamalan nails the mentally brilliant aspect. But I look at this dude uh-huh. who's about as skinny as I am, and I'm supposed to believe that this guy is going to become this warrior leader that's going to lead this jihad against uh-huh. the against the Harkonnen race. Like, I think he his acting is fine. I think he's a very fine actor, and I think he does a fine job acting, but I personally feel mm-hmm. like he was kind of miscast. He doesn't mm-hmm. really fit the bill of, I, he doesn't, I can't, I don't believe him being a warrior or a revolutionary leader. Like, I think about him mm-hmm. back in Robert Pattinson's movie, The King, that they did, where they played the two kings oh. and they were both great in it, but Shyamalan, Shyamalan reminds me of that type of leader. I don't see him as, like, this warrior jihad person. Now, that being said, he did a fine job. I just think it, just, he's just my one choice. I did not care for it. But I am excited to see what he's going to do with this. Uh, my future wife, Florence Pugh, is in this movie as the mm-hmm. as uh, the Emperor's daughter. Oh. And oh. I know Austin Butler <laughs> is coming in and knowing the character he's playing, you are going to die when you see who he is going to play, because I know <sighs> this character that uh, Austin Butler is going to play. He is going to nail it. This performance. The room just I, so much hotter. Mm. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> that, I mean, and also knowing how deep his voice got because of Elvis, knowing <sighs> that villain he's going to play. <sighs> let's just say, uh, I'm pretty sure his shirt comes off in many, many scenes for that movie. <laughs> so I know you're going to love it. And, Oh yeah, Michael, we are not seeing that movie together. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh man. What I, but in every sense of the word, Dune Part Two and what that story is going to tell is so exciting. I think every yeah. character is just immaculate in that story. And it's a heartbreaking story, it's a beautiful story, and it was a book that was said to be unfilmable. And Denny Villeneuve yeah. said, bet. And did that and the same creative team coming back Mm -hmm. and doing this one and i mean they've posted they've wrapped filming and it's coming out this year i am so excited to see what denis is going to bring and i'm knowing Mm -hmm. the the book and what does happen i'm not going to spoil it but there are some moments that the audience is going to see that i kind i know you said we can't see together for that for that reason but you and i i need to see it just so i can see your reaction to what's going to happen because I know oh, you probably God. might freak out. This is such yeah, an sorry. exciting, exciting movie, and I'm so, so looking forward to it. But the other movies yeah. I'm looking forward to are the, not on this list are the movies we don't know about, the movies that are going to be under our radar, that are going to come up and be amazing. I'm excited to see those. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what these directors and filmmakers are going to do. And so... Mm-hmm. For me, this just looks like a really good year for film. I'm intending to see all of these in theaters, and I'm very excited to see what it's going to be like, and I'm excited to tell all of you what I thought of them. (laughs) Yes. 
Um, be sure to be joining us on March 1st, where we'll begin re-watching Phase 1 of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Until then, please tell your friends, tell your family. We love film. Y'all love film. And that's a wrap. Well, and before that's a wrap, be sure to go join us on Instagram and tell us exactly what movies you're looking forward to this year. Let us know and then ask your friends what movies they're looking forward to. Maybe make plans to go to the theater and go see it together. And until then, what do you have to say? What do I have to say? That's a wrap. Oh, I have to say the credits. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a wrap. Oh, that's a wrap. <laughs> okay. Friends on Film is produced by TM Lean, Michael Andrew Dinan, and Flying Phoenix Productions. Written by TM Lean and Michael Andrew Dinan. Music is by Jared Walker, and logo is by Corbin Clymer.